Welcome back to The Vibe. I am so excited to be sharing this week's topic, which is something I didn't expect myself to be talking about, but here I am talking about it. And that is Danielle Bernstein's new book, This Is Not a Fashion Story. I've been really stoked for this book to come out. If you don't know who Danielle is, just from her blog already, she's a mega babe, first media influencer. We were what? And you must be living under a rock. Danielle, you are a fucking maven. I mean, I mean, as if the timing of this book isn't telling of how good of a businesswoman you are. Some could call it luck. I think no matter what, in the end, you knew that you would be a great summer read. Little did you know you'd be a quarantine read. Even better. I think what excited me the most about her coming out with a book was that it wasn't about fashion. I've always admired Danielle's hustle and beyond belief know that she works very, very hard. Above anything, know that. Danielle, whether she knows this or not, actually, we share a kind of a little bit of a common story. You know, the reason I actually became interested in Danielle and it was brought up to me was I work for a CBD company called Highline Wellness. I do all of their wellness events and dose and flows. And Danielle actually does all the branding for this, which you read in the book. And so it's kind of funny to think two people have actually crossed paths maybe a billion times and have never actually met. Um, But we both obviously feel similarly about one thing or another. And, you know, it's another I love Chris. I love Ken. I love Highline Wellness. Great brand. And I love what Danielle's with Danielle, what Danielle has brought to the team and, you know, what she, she's brought every time with product reviews and changing of the packages. It's just been really smart. And, you know, another moment that I had a, a big Danielle moment was when I was talking to my friend Caroline, who is also a fascination of her own. And I remember her saying that she was she's a big reader and she was really, really excited to see this side of Danielle. And I really agree. She was the one who opened my eyes first because I couldn't agree more. It's so easy to judge someone based off of their Instagram, but then they actually come out with something. You have to really give it, give them all that they got because to to put out a book is a lot. And maybe that's just because I love to read, but I have to give her mad kudos for this. I absolutely thought this was a great book. I'm just going to preface saying that, that I thought it was really great. And I'm going to give you my little synopsis of how I thought the book went down and I hope you read the book before this just so that it's so it's almost like we're talking about it together not like you're just finding something out and it's not really that type of book to be like oh my god this happened it's a normal girl sharing her stories so Danielle thank you very much for writing this book and I am so excited to share this so this starts off by da- by Danielle telling her early life, her bringing up her bringing her her upbringing in Long Island, her family closeness, and obviously that she ultimately knew that she would end up in in fashion. I mean, she even says her bat mitzvah video, which I would assume that all of us at this point have seen. We wore what have seen that literally everyone saw from a young age that she had a knack for fashion. The beginning couple chapters are very important because she talks about camp, which was where her sexual adolescence peaked. But then later, she talked about her parents' rocky up-and-down relationship, which ultimately did end up in divorce. But that doesn't mean to say that there wasn't a really big up-and-down period where she thought, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. And I think that's very tough as a kid. But what was hardest was that 
when her parents ended, they never fought. So she never understood what was really, really, what was the core problem of what was going on below, beneath, that the kids never saw. She later learns in trying to find out someone's truth, the reason why her parents ended, that that's not her place. But she obviously can say that now in her late 20s, but I don't blame her for totally listening in on her mom's phone calls. I feel you, Danielle, here. I definitely have listened to my mom's in hopes that I would find something up that's never worked in anyone's favor, but I think that's kind of what eavesdropping is, but it's okay. She talks about her first sexual self-discovery and feeling the sense of confidence that she still strongly feels today. She's definitely a presence for sure. I also think what I need to mention is that I only know of Danielle from 2016 to now, and there's so much more to her, and that's why I really love listening, not listening, reading this book. She went to Wisconsin, dated a guy from New York City, realized she was meant to be in New York City, and ultimately transferred. This is where we get into Michael. Michael, I like you. I like that you were a lover and a friend, and I feel like most 18-year-old girls do not get such guidance like that deeply, and for a girl whose parents were divorced, your advice probably meant the world to her. You really gave her a focus on we wore what, and, you know, ultimately she did decide to leave FIT. She asked her parents for, you know, a little bit more support financially just until she could grow herself to get to the point where she actually wanted to learn to blog, to monetize, and to actually get signed with her agent, Jen Powell. This is also when she was able to get an intern. And this is where she pays a big tribute to Mo, her right hand, her go-to. I love Mo. She is a vibe in itself. And she's definitely someone who you can tell is relatable and really cool and very different from Danielle's vibe. I feel like so many people have totally been in Danielle's positions where they're like, mom, mom, dad, please trust me. And you're just really passionate about it. I know I definitely have. So what's important to state about Mo is that she gets the credit that she deserves. I think it's taken so long, but as Danielle said, she's only two years younger and that's hard to navigate, but look at how far they've come. Like deeply look at how far they've come. And Mo also worked, went to school and intervened for her as a boss as they much needed. And they needed a break because honestly, you can only imagine what it's like to run a business and be friends. And it's a lot of, a lot can go on between that. And, you know, there comes a point where her and Mel are kind of not really seeing eye to eye. You know, Danielle wants more creative control and Mo also knows where she fits in, but she is a little bit different than Danielle. She doesn't need to say it. And luckily for Mo and Danielle, Mo decided to study abroad in Florence. So this is like the perfect break that they both needed. And they hustled hard and they really began to create. They really began to create. And what I love is that Danielle was able to admit that she was controlling, but also realized that Mo is the yin to her yang. And she fully filled in the spots that she wasn't great at when it came to delegating. It was a really good relationship, but also tough when you're best friends. And I do get it. So I do love that moment of her just saying that, Florence was the perfect break for them because I think that that's a really hard thing to come to. And I think now knowing how long they've worked together and how close they are, it was clearly a good thing for them to take that time off and for Mo to experience the world and have fun with it and enjoy herself and explore it without 
being on Danielle's radar, and that's totally okay. So then we get to a roommate experience gone wrong. Listen, how many times have we all been faked out by someone we thought we that we, that we hoped was awesome or, you know, any of that point? Sometimes those weird kind of people shape things and clearly leave a stamp. She then goes into a little sequence of, you know, her you know, really starting to hit the actual social fashion scene and attending shows and creating partnerships slowly, but also realizing the dark side of the run, which was also the sizing and feeling unworthy, which happens, but this was a pure example of uncomfortability in a world Danielle loved. I mean, can you imagine being having your whole life being fascinated by something, but being told there's only XYZ sizes of this and you're not one of those? She then brings up Fashion Week and how important, it is, how important it is, but how magical Paris Fashion Week is. It hasn't changed its tradition since 1937. It's the hardest to get into anything. When she finally, a couple years later, got invited to uh, a main Louis Vuitton in London, finally later, later got invited to Louis Vuitton in London game, which was a dream to her and anyone in fashion. This chapter is one that I admire, but also... One that I'm so not in the scene because I can't understand totally the fashion world here. But what I can tell you that I understand is the feeling of wanting to be part of something. And I think, you know, finally making it to that, like, tier of being at Fashion Week, that's, like, anyone's top tier of making it in whatever your suit for. So for me, maybe that's being a Kripali yoga instructor or world-leading yoga instructor, whatever it was. So... I thought that that was a very interesting moment, and I appreciated that. So that was an admirable chapter, and I appreciate her passion for her drive for work. So then we're going to take a moment. This is going to be a lot of love, business, love, business, love, business, kind of like tick-tocking, ping-ponging back and forth. So we're going to call him the elevator hunk. This is a quote by Danielle Bernstein. Dating someone in your elevator is like having Postmates for penis. You don't even need to put shoes on in order to satisfy your craving. (laughs) Danielle, this is a good one. Let's be real. We all ignore our neighbors, but in this case, she got lucky to have a hottie next door. 2014 was the year that Danielle pledged it was her year. Casual dating was what she was looking for. Nothing romantic, and that she did. By dating a bunch of people, you know, lots of people who never made it past the first date, and that's what she was exactly okay with. She didn't want to worry if someone was going to call the next day. She just wanted to see what was going on. But then, of course, let's her butt, a hot guy moves into the building. She mentions how this hot guy was, let's say, in caps, because she says she really wanted to grasp that he was a smoke show that she just looked at him in the elevator ride and was just smitten. But not to forget, she also had coffee shop cutie and dry cleaner dude going on this going on at the same time. So let's go, Danielle, because clearly you were in it to win it. What got them to finally connect when she overheard him on the phone talking about his dog that he was rescuing at the same time that she got her Frenchie bleaker. It was perfect. She started to take bleaker in as a deeper wingman, and that he became. Gotta love dogs. I think every girl can relate to a moment of blurting something out because they're not sure if they'll lose their chance or not. 
those who are bold enough for sure will definitely do this. So she asked him if she wanted if he wanted to have a puppy play date. The best is that after getting off the elevator, she realized that they never exchanged numbers. So she literally, being the go-getter she is, she went to the doorman somehow, I think it's illegal, got his apartment number and left her number under his door. About an hour later, he did text her. This is the best because they end up having a puppy walk and uh, puppy walk that week. But she was going to LA, so it was kind of a perfect moment because she was able to say, hey, could we hang tonight? I'm leaving for another week. And that was a great way for her to not have to dilly-dally any longer. So let's just say that they end up going for a dog walk. It ends up raining. Things get steamy and, and very horny, for lack of better words. He was another huge source of inspo to write this book. Thank you, elevator hunk. Let's kiss a lot of frogs. As Danielle's mom says, you should kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince. And she's not wrong. Danielle, you are a ballsy motherfucker. And I have to say, your notes that worked, and I have to say that these all worked in your favor. So it doesn't surprise me to see three hot dudes on the highway, show your number, take the window down, and then totally take you out. This guy was unlike others. He texted her. Let me rephrase the story. Danielle decided to go to the Hamptons with her friends. Again, she was not a shy flirter. She noticed three hot guys in a car next to her while she was driving with her friends. She immediately whipped out a piece of paper, wrote her number on it, and just hoped that they would write it down. Luckily, that they did. Ended up, long story short, she ended up actually going deeper into it with this guy. She gets invited to an insane yacht. The guy who invited her was the guy, <laughs> was the guy from before, but she's, he was the, the was was amazing but she actually saw a guy in the hot tub who was gorgeous and her heart fluttered aesthetically he was beyond pleasing and again if I didn't mention she loves tall dark and handsome very very tall there was a lot going on this is where we get into Alex Alex is the type of guy she describes who would work who worried about everyone else having a male or cocktail in front of in front of them before himself the kind of guy who wanted to make sure that everyone felt good before everyone got seated. The kind of person who, you know, noticed if something was empty, wanted to fill it up. And, you know, he even cleared the table. And this is where we get, where we get into Alex. The issue was that the guy who invited her on the boat was the one who was trying to pursue her. But she wanted Alex. So she was going to start to figure out how to avoid Rick to get Alex. So again, let me paint the picture. She's on a boat party with her girlfriends and a couple of guys, one who wants to pursue her and she wants to pursue his friend. So you can obviously imagine how this goes. So her first night, she has to basically get out of sleeping with him. So she does so by saying she has a headache, which is, she says is her go-to in this book whenever she didn't want to do something. So Basically, she ends up avoiding Rick the entire time, and she hangs out with Alex the entire time. Anytime she went to jet ski, he went with her. He was just the guy that I think every girl kind of thinks of a prince or a princess and whisking them away, and that he did. I'll spare you the details, but after a great weekend together not doing anything, anything sexual related, it came to a halt and the weekend ended because of... He lives in Chicago. This turned into many FaceTimes. She was so into him and they hadn't kissed. And she's someone who is very physical, 
physically sexual. So this is a new new situation for her. He would make so many excuses to come to New York, and let's be real, she immediately pampered herself, got a wax, stopped binging on chocolate, and even got a colonic. Gotta love her in these moments where she said, when it came to when he came, it happened to be Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, and she invited him to her family's house to celebrate. Ballsy move, but she felt comfortable. I just want to let you know they still have yet to kiss. So I'll take a breather here and just make sure we're all together. We're on Alex, the one who got away, as I would like to say. So, Alex seemed like just like the best. He offered to help. I always liked Alex because he was different than most guys. He was from the Midwest. He loved his family, knew every player on the Bulls roster, and he would call every woman ma'am regardless of their age. What made him different was that he didn't need clubs. He wanted coffee dates, and that was something Danielle was lacking, something deep, deeper than loving the club, not to quote Usher. I do love that song, though. He finally kissed her on the ride home in the city, and this was the start to a three-year relationship. If she was going to work her ass off, she deserved a great, nice guy. She's worthy of that. She's worthy of to share that with. So there was no time to waste here, and he treated her like a queen. After six months of long-distance dating, it became it came to Danielle's surprise when he started to when he stated that he wanted to move to New York City. I think anyone who follows Danielle can attest that her independence means a lot to her. So the thought of her moving in with someone scared her. They discussed that if this was if this was right, they were moving. If this was, if this seemed to be the right reason, they weren't moving too quickly. And he said that he wasn't only moving there just because of her. That he was able to bring work there, and it was okay. And that he was planning to do that in the future. But this kind of just, you know, speeding the plan up a little bit. Alex wanted to move in together, but Danielle wasn't ready to move in, so he moved in with his boys. This became tough because Danielle had an established life and Alex struggled struggled to find his own. Ultimately, she started to resent him. Because he had roommates, he slept over. She yearned for her girls' nights out. She started taking baths just to be alone, but she had nothing to complain about. He treated her like a queen. Danielle's mom gave her some post-divorce advice that I don't agree with, but that comes full circle. She said, be with someone who loves you more than you love them. Feeling suffocated and having planned a trip to Ibiza, she tells Alex she wanted to take a break. He was so upset and asked her if it was Spain or if she if, if there was something that he did and whatnot. And honestly, point blank, she ends up going to Spain, skinny dipping tequila, clubs, many single dozens of hobbies. And after the trip ended, you know what happened? She missed Alex, every aspect of him, and she wanted to be with him. So they got back together. But there was something that happened when she was on her trip. She did meet someone. She did meet somebody. You know, what happened with him was that that I think this is something a lot of people go through. The, she she. Let me take it a step back. She started to feel suffocated by Alex before the trip to Ibiza. He came from Wisconsin. He is not from New York, and she thought that he was kind of just following her lead, lead for better words. 
And I think the worse that their relationship got, the sexier she would post on Instagram. She would flirt with other guys. She disrespected Alex, and she admits that she's not proud of it at all whatsoever. I have to say, I think a lot of people on the last strings of their relationship can say they flirted just to know if something was out there or to see if it was harmless. But when you're older, or as you get older, and I speak for myself, I would never give any guy the wrong idea. I'm deeply obsessed with Boomer or any guy. And any guy that I've ever dated in the past, I've always respected. But when she mentioned that she was flirting with other people, I couldn't help but think that's just not the coolest thing. But again, to each their own on their journey to finding love. Absolutely, to each their own. What I have to say for my own self is, is I couldn't tell you how many chances I have given myself or people that I thought really deserve a chance but what I learned later in life was don't fuck with my heart and soul like ever and I think that's something that Danielle ultimately learns later but let's get back to this it's funny because when her parents divorced she was so scared to be cheated on but look at what she was doing in the end should Alex be worried that she would cheat had the roles entirely changed in Danielle's world had she become the cheaty or I'm sorry, the cheater and he be the cheaty. Makes no sense. And it wasn't okay. This is when she began to change internally. She hired a life coach to really help prioritize what she needed, her insecurities. She had to repair everything, become the best version of herself. I think what I want to point out that although we may see Danielle as beyond confident with business when it comes to love, she was always hoping for a longing and stability. And that makes sense entirely when your world is changing so much and, you know, maybe it was her parents' failed marriage or maybe she needed someone to ground her. And this is where things change. Alex had a backbone and after after three years, he said, what's the next step for him to move in? And he basically said, "It's, it's this or he's going back. And she actually kind of thought that that was, she kind of was like, ooh, he's giving me a little bit of a backbone. What A quote that stuck with me is, the only good reason for cohabitation is if you think you're headed for marriage. Anything else is just rationalization. Danielle Bernstein, well said. Alex, you sound amazing. The fact that you got a two-bedroom and wanted to make a second just for her to have a closet, bless your heart. The hobby conversation. Danielle felt that Alex would go to work and come home and do it all over again. And she mentioned if he had hobbies. And it's kind of where this comes downhill because she says she can't be his hobby and she needs someone on her wavelength. And as wonderful as he was, he she just felt that he wasn't, he was happy living under her shadow. And I also think that's where maybe she misunderstood him. And this is where they break up. And Brooklyn, her second Frenchie comes in. So cute. Bleaker and Brooklyn. Remember that quote that her mom said that a man should love you more? She realized that her mom was very, very wrong and that you should be with someone who's your equal, who challenges you, who you can respect and learn from. Let's go back to the romance. Because at the end of the day, we all know, let's go back to romance, to business. Because we all know that at the end of the day, we were what is the biggest lover and baby of them all. Danielle quickly realizes that picking business partners is no different than picking romantic ones. When it comes to love, we protect our hearts. When it comes to business, you protect your brand and everything you have harbored with it. We get into a good story about her collaborating 
with Topshop, and then this is where we meet Seth, and Seth was someone Danielle looked looked up to, he lent her studio space, space clothing to wear, um, you know, they ended up collaborating on a pair of booties that she actually wore to Lollapalooza, the Chelsea boot, and they ended up colliding, 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 collabing, oh my god, and they named it after the apartment building that she lived at, Archive. So I think most people who followed her remember Archive Shoes. But this is also when Danielle began, began partnerships and started to realize the world that she was getting into. And things became very off. They made their first pair of shoes. They were beautiful. When they started to make a collaboration, she noticed when she got the second round of shoes, the quality was off. Seth explained that the, the the manufacturing had moved from Italy to China, and Seth taught her a lot. He was honestly, in my opinion, the quintessential New York fashion dickhead. And Danielle was smart enough to see right through him and wanted to lawyer up right away. This was a painful and expensive lesson. What did she learn from this experience? That in each contract, she needs to have full control of every step of everything, of any process that goes along the way, especially when it comes to the quality of the items that she's creating. She makes sure she has legal creative say in everything. She adds all legal language and demands full transparency on everything. And this is all approved by Danielle Bernstein. Basically, I like to say to other people, saying no to money is the hardest thing that many people have had to learn but it's the only way that you can stay authentic to your brand and that's something i've said to myself i've always said saying no is very hard but that means you're being real with yourself and danielle you said it as well and i couldn't agree more so now we're back to alex she couldn't entirely cut off the court she found him a new spot down the street not a good idea it was hard for her to imagine her life without him or, or it was really hard for her to imagine her life not being able to share her accomplishments or events or collaborations with anyone to be with. And it just really, really became a moment of, should I just keep him for this? Or do I really love him? Or what are my reasons for this? And this is when we meet Rob. Rob, I have a lot of feelings about you and they're not amazing ones, but let's go. A friend introduced the two on a sponsored Coachella trip. I'm going to be honest. Rob's intro already feels like it's going to be amazing, but let's let her give it to us because after rating, there's nothing I felt besides just not into you. Rob ultimately swept her off her feet. He was the epitome of what she wanted, or so she thought. Her and Rob kissed, although she was with Alex, and they decided it was a mistake and to break it off and that they were going to talk about it and she was going to talk about it with Alex and she actually ended up breaking things off with Alex like entirely and this was different this time because he now lived somewhere else so she was being she was able to go home to her own place she when she makes this big break with Alex I guess at the time he's Rob is staying in the Hamptons and she makes like this big grand gesture and goes to his Hamptons Rob's Hamptons house and says in her in her words she threw herself at him like she would throw her credit card at a Bottega sample sale. And she wasn't sure if that was a bad idea or a good idea. But nonetheless, she's I think that's the one common theme is that she always went with her gut. And that summer, her and Rob had fallen so deep. But something else happened at that summer. Her grandfather had gotten very sick with pancreatic cancer and rocked, and that rocked her world. Her poppy was her everything. And this is where my heart just broke. Rob was really there for her and 
I know as a newcomer, that could not be easy, but she was really there for her and her poppy Ivan meant everything to her. It's not the most ideal way to meet a family, but nonetheless, he was there for her. 18 months later, that there for her guy, she considered being the one, was so not. Red flag. She made way too many excuses for him. He skipped out on all of her events. He avoided her friends and family. He drove a wedge between the two and it sucked. His criticism was constructive. His criticism wasn't constructive, I'm sorry. He would call some of the friends lowbrow and make them sound cheap and make her feel bad. And that's not the right thing to do to somebody who's working their ass off. He honestly made her feel uncomfortable to do what she loved to do, just to take pictures and travel for free. There was a time where she spoke about he would literally make fun of her posting when they would go on these lavish vacations, and it just became really unhealthy. He never showed up, not to an industry event, not to anything. I'm sorry, Rob, but you're a huge loser. Danielle, you're a bossy bitch, and that's totally his loss, and I'm sure while reading this or hearing this, he knows that. She was blinded by love with Rob. She couldn't see these red flags because she was so in love. Haven't we all been there before? Just so stupid in love. This is where Danielle realizes she needs to be alone. Like alone, alone, alone. And form a relationship with herself. A healthy one. I could go on about Rob, but I'm going to leave you with this. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope no one makes you feel this way. If someone ever chastises you or your meaningless career, fuck them. It's not enjoyable in any way. They'll regret being a little dick that they were. I promise you. Danielle has to cut... Danielle has to get to the part where she needs to respect herself again and start that healthy relationship with herself. In that, she began to take care of herself again and caring for herself again. If anyone followed Danielle back in the day, her bio and her Instagram was overalls are my second skin. And then this is where we get to bring up the launching of some events and we get to talk about a failed trip influencer trip which really ended up making her a bikini mogul so let's start with marrying a brand don't just do it for the money do it because you believe so deeply in it that you would never lie to anyone never ever be controlled when it came to this absurd absurd influencer trip in the bvis in the british virgin islands it was really interesting because she just said it was a trip gone so, so wrong, and it's not even worth spending another minute on. But what I will say is that on her flight home, she actually ran into, she met somebody named Nathan, and he happened to be the owner of Onia, the brand, the men's uh, swim brand that is now the brand that she collabs with. And they got into production, and they, you know, she had a terrible trip. But she met him, and this is where her she literally became a bikini mogul in at 2 a.m. It was a twist of fate, a trip that went totally wrong, ended up becoming a lifelong, amazing endeavor. So again, marry a brand. Don't just do it for the money. Do it because you believe so deeply you would do. You would live, die, breathe it. Onia gave her that chance for that full quality control that Archive did not, which we know she previously lacked and understandably so so db you were young and stupid and had to learn don't we all yes very true we all have to learn we all need a seth in our lives being more than an influencer another quote by db that i loved 
Models represent such an untouchable ideal, whereas influencers are just real people people with better lighting. Daniel Bernstein. Uh, I love this part of the book because we get to Highline Wellness, which is where Danielle and I actually have a lot in common. She does the branding and I host wellness dose and flows. Little do we know we work together, just not together. And let me tell you, Chris and Ken, I love you guys so much. And I appreciate you trusting us females with your product and your brand and how we share it. I love you boys. And I love how far this brand has come. It's, it's really a family. And last thing, share your expertise, my loves. Mo. The world's first MOE, the world's first project management platform for influencers. Absolutely love this book. Whether you know Danielle from Collabs, her own brand Second Skin, Denim, Macy's, Archive, the list really goes on. This takes a deep dive behind a girl, behind the girl's photo. And I'm so glad you did this, Danielle. I think it was something that was very necessary and it's really nice to I've always said this about every about every pretty girl or really fashionable girl there's nothing like actually getting a dose of what they're really like besides just a picture a picture is a beautiful thing so Danielle thank you for sharing I can't imagine this was easy but I can't imagine it was fun you've totally opened my eyes to a different version of yourself and I couldn't be happier for anyone who thinks anything, her cards maybe in the past have taught her to become the girl she is today. On the forefront, getting a life coach, realizing her ego is too much, and being humble. People, that takes work. And I, before I end this, I asked you guys to ask me anything about this book. And the biggest thing I got besides my ending vibes, which I will share, was why didn't she mention IC? And for those of you who don't know what IC is, and that, again, is the hardcore Instagram cult following she has, IC is intern Courtney. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure what happened here, but I know they haven't worked together in a while. And I'm going to go with this. I didn't know bad vibes. I think it was a change of pace, and that's okay. We can't harp on everyone who has worked with her. But I will say I like to believe everything ended in a timely and right manner for both people. Again, also, just think about how many people she's worked with. I think it's really sweet that everyone remembers IC, and I think that says a lot about IC. So I think that's really cute, and I thought for however many of you said they wanted to hear about her, I think she's doing just great, and I think there is never any bad vibes. I think there's always love, and I think that's what this book kind of shared. My ending vibes on this are... My take is never judge a book by its cover. Always make your own analysis of someone or something on your own. Be your best friend and my favorite. Be the person your dog sees you as. I hope you all order this book. I hope you all get a chance to read it. This is not a fashion story. Danielle Bernstein.